Hey guys, this is Gail Kim from Impact Wrestling, and you are listening to the 8-Bit Suplex Podcast. to another edition of the 8-Bit Suplex here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Uh, I am your well, first half of your co-host, uh, Josh McLaughlin. This is probably the worst introduction I've ever done. I'm a little spicy. Um, it's a Friday <laughs> night. Okay? It's been a long week. Uh, I don't know, Sandy. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> we'll see. Maybe I'll find a groove here as we get going. But that, the voice you heard there is my co-host, uh, same as always, Sandy Gavarius. Sandy, how are you doing? I'm good, Josh. How are you doing tonight? Well, you know, based on that intro, I'd say not good, but you know. You're, yeah, right. You're not doing so well. <laughs> Don't worry. I got my Diet Coke uh, already cracked open, so you guys won't hear me opening the can. Uh, yeah, shout outs to uh, Josh number one for uh, all the miscellaneous can noises and things that he produces on Kiss every week. Um, but no, <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, it's been a long week. It's been a busy week. It's been an exciting week in wrestling. Uh, well, obviously, uh, as the Impact po- Wrestling Podcast here on Social Suplex Podcast Network, we're going to get into the big uh, promo spot that Kenny Omega gave on Impact Wrestling. We were prepared to uh, talk about Dynamite as well, depending on, because uh, we thought that that angle was going to get pushed further. It kind of didn't. It's kind of a rehash for the different network. Um but, you know, uh, we'll definitely break down uh, all things Kenny Omega. I think that's a fair thing to do uh, since he is, uh, you know, we, there's more reporting that he's going to be doing, uh, continuing to work with Impact, which is a huge positive uh, for us on this show. Because not only do we watch Impact every week and love it, um, we're also going to get to talk about the best bout machine the cleaner himself, uh, Kenny Omega, and uh, I'm I'm a big Omega fan. Uh, Sandy, I'm sure you're a big Omega fan. I suppose we haven't really talked oh, about yeah, that really. much, but I, I mean, if you're a fan of professional wrestling, you should be a fan of Kenny Omega's. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I guess let's let's just get into it, Sandy, because we got um, we also have to uh, at the end of the show we'll be uh, previewing Final Resolution, which of course is the Impact Plus event of this month. So. Uh, Without you know uh, further ado, uh, Sandy, um, why don't we just uh, get into it with this first match here with uh, Chris Saban and uh, Josh Alexander? Let's do it. So, okay, I love this show, and of course, now that we're watching Impact for uh, this awesome pad- podcast, uh, I I don't know, I freaking does that make me biased that I love impact and I hate it when people, you know, have been so critical of it, especially with the larger audience that they received this past Tuesday, I am going to start trolling on trolls online. If they continue to, to be negative, but let's just start off. We have, like you mentioned, Josh Alexander and Chris Haven. Yeah. Before I go on a rant, excellent match to start. Like if you are going to showcase the best, pure, physical, energetic, great storyline, great character work, uh, match to kind of do like an expose of your current company, the status, your current stars, Josh Alexander and Chris Saban is the way to go. And, you know, I, I, I was watching it live. I actually watched it on the, on the live Twitch stream. And while I was watching, you know, it was, you know, you had your few thousand, 20,000, 25,000. I just saw the number rise. 
and I kept being shocked because if I'm not mistaken, I read that the average that they do on Twitch streams for impact on, on Tuesday nights live is around 2,500. According, I believe I got that from Brian Alvarez or something like that. The show was reaching 32,000 streams for the very opening match, settling at around 28,000 um, in the beginning and then over 35 during the end. Um, but yes, it was, this was, like I said, excellent, fast pace, hard hitting. There was a powerbomb backbreaker to the spine from Josh uh, to Chris Saban that looked so brutal. I, w I literally, like, my mouth dropped. It was, you know how they usually do the backbreaker and it's, you know, the person is horizontal on the person, person's knee? Yeah. No, like, this was all of Josh's knee and freaking thigh aligned with Chris Saban's spine. And I was like, holy shit. Like, it hurt my my shitty back. But <laughs> well, and the, the, end, the we worst part is, is that after he takes the bump on the back, he kind of lands on his <laughs> his head a little bit, too. Um. <laughs> it was so brutal. Uh, but we see Chris Saban getting the pin after Ethan Page. Uh, we we've seen kind of the storyline with Ethan Page and Josh Alexander how they're kind of bumping heads right now. Um, Josh is not really approving of Ethan Page's methods because he took out Doc Gallows, which means they can't get to the championships fast enough. And then they just kind of had miscommunication here and there. And this one, we just see him kind of yell uh, strategy at Josh at one point, which kind of gets them, I don't know, there was some miscommunication there, and then Chris Saban gets the pin. So Josh, of course, is furious, uh, but he's a great worker, and this match was excellent to start. What did you think? Yeah, no, like you said, it's it's fast-paced, it's hard-hitting, it's, it's you know, it, these this episode's recorded ahead of time, right? So it's not like they recorded this episode in reaction to the news that Kenny Omega was going to be on, the ep on this ep week's uh, – episode of impact right so it's one of those things where they have these matches and, I, and i'm sure they probably said okay we know that that don and, and kenny are going to be doing this i doubt they told the talent what's going to happen um because it did seem on twitter that that most did not know that this was coming um at least that was my my uh perception of it because they didn't seem to know i mean they had all filmed their matches, they filmed their episodes, and they were all, from my understanding, they all left Nashville already. So they were gone before anything Kenny Omega related that was ever announced ever happened. But with that said, the the planning that goes behind this episode of Impact to showcase really really good matches, uh, I thought was a great idea. Uh, I mean, and and this this leadoff match was absolute uh, absolutely fire. I mean. Chris Saban has been towing a lot of the motorcycle machine guns work lately. Um, and then obviously here it's by design with the singles match. Uh, but man, I, I could watch that guy wrestle any day of the week, just like I could with Josh Alexander. Um, and of course, like you mentioned, Chris Saban does get the surprise roll up on him. Uh, yeah. I mean, really, really good match to start things off. Strong start. Absolutely. And then of course, throughout the night, you know, we have uh, Madison Raynham, Josh Matthews, hyping up Kenny Omega being here. And so that gets us fired up. I mean, the, I think I saw on the Twitch comments, like, take a shot every time they mention Kenny Omega, which I would have gotten <laughs> annihilated if I, I had think everyone would have. I think everyone would have. That's, that's not a game that you want to play. <laughs> I was like, oh, that seems interesting. And I'm like, wait, no, I would die. 
but yeah, so they were hyping it up. And next, we just see Bay. Uh, we see Chris Bay. I call him just Bay. You know, I got him like that. Sure, <laughs> we see hey, Chris why not? Bay approaching <laughs> Moose backstage to go over uh, their tag match strategy. They are uh, teaming up um, later on tonight for the main event. And Moose, man, Moose wants absolutely nothing to do with Bay unless. Uh, Bay beats one for the title. Uh, now that's coming up at final resolution, if I'm not mistaken. So this is pretty interesting. We we see them, you know, they have to tag later on. So I guess I was very intrigued. I was like, how the hell are you going to have a tag match when Moose just wants to kill Bay? Right. Yeah. No. And it was I thought uh, you know great foreshadowing to how they did tag together, um, which was uh, not very well. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I thought it was uh, I thought it was a really uh, excellent backstage segment to kind of get you ready for what would the uh, the main event, uh, at least the main event match I should be uh, noting, um, because the main event segment of course was the Kenny Omega uh, interview. Absolutely, and then next we have a video package for Rich One. But I gotta be honest, Josh, uh, I don't know, I don't think you watched it live. You may have had ho- hockey, correct? Yeah, I did not watch it live. Uh, I watched it. I, I I had a hockey game, and then I watched it immediately following my hockey game. So I did watch it still Tuesday night, uh, but I did not watch it live. So I missed a lot of the uh, Twitch commercials and different things like that. Um, that did not come through on the feed that I that I wound up watching on. Gotcha. Which is my exactly what I was about to say. The ads on Twitch are so randomly and awkwardly placed. <laughs> so they. <laughs> And they start this uh, rich one video package and immediately go into like these three commercials. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? So I couldn't really get to see it. They do show another one later on in the night, um, which is pretty well done um, for what they're trying to do for rich one. But I was like, God dang it. Like, why would you put uh, stupid ads right there? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and yeah, I, like I said, the, the, I, the only ad I think that I saw on my feed, of course, was the, uh, all Elite Wrestling ad, uh, which I don't think has come up yet uh, at this point in the show. I, I wasn't unable to notate where the backstage segments went in between matches, so I'll rely on you, Sandy, mm. uh, to, to kind of fill in uh, those gaps. Uh, but do we have anything else before we get to the next match of the night here? We do. So they filled out this episode of Impact with tons of greatest moments from TNA from the past. And I think they kind of did this to show hey, you know, your current favorite uh, favorite AEW stars have been here with us at Impact in our previously known TNA. They've been here with us and they've had these amazing matches that you may have missed. So I think this is actually a really great way to say, hey, AEW maybe would not have been AEW if it wasn't for Impact at some point because a lot of their stars grew there, started out there, did some amazing matches there that are just completely gone unnoticed. So we start the very first one, um, the greatest ultimate uh, X moment, which was Kazarian from Victory Road in 20, uh, 2008. I'm so sorry. And so we, sh- we show Kaz here. I didn't get a note of who he was going up against, but he has hair. And I don't think I've ever seen that man with hair. <laughs> so that was really, I was like, that, they keep saying Kaz, like Kazarian, like AEW Kazarian. So he with long hair, and then he does this crazy freaking leg drop from this contraption above the ring that is 
I can't even tell you how many feet high. And then he has to grab the title, I believe it was. Man, it's been a few days since I watched it, but that leg drop was insane. So they showed that from Victory Road in 2008. And before we get to the next match, another segment that we have is the, uh, I think this is the one that you may be uh, in reference to from earlier, Tony Khan addressing the Impact viewers via the quote-unquote paid ad. Uh, right. This <laughs> is the one I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. This is where they show it, and it was hilarious. So they're promoting AW Dynamite, and man, Josh, do you remember? I I thought it was hilarious and so well done. Yeah, no, I I think it was it was probably one of the top three things from the night from a just a pure entertainment perspective. Uh, Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone uh, get on there and and kind of do this faux commercial that Tony Khan is like, listen, man, I figured I'd help him out with some ad revenue, whatever, you know. I, you know, Kenny Omega, you know, okay, yeah, go ahead, go there. You know what? I'm not mad about it. Whatever. I'll see you tomorrow on uh, Dynamite on TNT and, you know, just constantly plugging back to Dynamite. And the I, I think probably the, the joke that hit best for me in that commercial was uh, Tony Khan says to uh, Tony Schiavone, he goes, hey, Schiavone, you, you worked at TNA, didn't you? And Schiavone goes, uh, yeah, I worked there for one day and then I quit the business for 18 years. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? Oh and, my god, I laughed so hard. But you know, but that that's also doing a service to Impact because they try to bury, you know, obviously they show the, the the best moments in TNA as far as like the wrestling and different things like that. But they really are trying to bury that brand into Impact Wrestling. So, yeah. um, you know, all the while, of course, Moose is walking around with the TNA World Championship. Uh, but any help they can get uh, burying, you know, kind of what happened during the time that Shivani uh, was there, which was, of course, you know, Vince Russo and Bruce Pritchard and Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan and uh, Dixie Carter. So they're just trying to move past that. And, you know, obviously, uh, Tony Khan and, and Tony Shivani are, are happy to oblige them there with a, a really great joke. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was kind of like your, your 80s style, 90s style, uh, early 90s uh, wrestling commercial. Uh, is really what it felt like. It felt like a, a territory commercial. And I think that's kind of what they were looking to go for there. <laughs> I freaking loved it. Tony Khan looked great. He delivered it great. And, uh, you know, we, we don't really get to see much of Tony Khan from from that behind the scenes from AEW. So I thought this was this was kind of nice to to see. And I I freaking popped with that joke. Uh, but yeah. yeah, real quick before, before we, real quick before oh, we move on, oh. I did want to update here. So I, I've got the official numbers for the twitch streams from impact wrestling so the mm-hmm. the twitch channel peaked at 55,396 viewers and averaged 42,953 viewers for the two-hour show's duration uh which was good enough for impact having the fourth largest stream of the day and it went head-to-head with an nfl game that started at 8 p.m as well and uh impact uh crushed it uh, the NFL game barely got over 30,000 uh, average. So uh, about 13,000 more average viewers on impact than an NFL football game on Twitch, um, which is, which is you know, insane. You know, I, I think we can point to Kenny Omega as the draw, uh, although Sammy Callahan, of course, has started calling himself the draw. Um, I think uh, mm-hmm. I think I'd put my money behind Kenny Omega before Sammy, but uh, let me say I just oh. sort of did I did want to give those you know. Because I'm sure people listening to this going like, I want those aren't the exact numbers. Uh, so those are the exact numbers as reported by Impact Wrestling. 
that's so awesome. I mean, like like I mentioned earlier, their their usual stream number on Tuesday nights for their live show is around twenty five hundred. So imagine that's such an astronomical jump. And yes, can you make guys a draw? But I also want to like say the opportunity of these two companies working together has got to be like the biggest peak interest and draw in my eyes. Like, yeah, having Kenny just be there as a one-off is exciting to me, but as a fan of wrestling, what piqued my interest most was the fact that we can see all these potential matches. We can see these two companies working together because we've been so kind of brainwashed to believe that that's not possible. Right. There's only one and that if there's only one, the other ones can't work together and everyone has to compete with each other. Like, no, we, we've seen it to where it works. We've seen the independents work together. And this is just such an exciting thing to see. Hey, these two well-known and established companies that have TV time can work together. And I think that's, that to me is the biggest interest. Like I love Kenny Omega and all, but that to me, I feel like is the, the big thing. But yeah, I mean, everyone's excited and everyone's interesting. And actually I did note on my, on my things here um, where the, the numbers were for the night. So, I'll keep you updated as kind of like where the numbers went throughout the night. And of course, towards the end is when we saw the big peak sure. numbers um, compared to when they started out. And it did, and it did kind of leak out. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp uh, in Fightful did kind of leak out that Omega would be at the very end of the show in the last 15 minutes. Uh, so that's obviously why you see a spike there. But I, I think that, you know, the average viewer shows um, that they did, you know, they kept a pretty good number going through, uh, through it. And and we'll, we'll again we'll we'll talk more Kenny Omega uh, towards the end of uh, reviewing this uh, episode of Impact for sure. Awesome. So if we move right along. We have Brian My- Brian Myers versus TJP, and I think this is where I texted you, and I was like, wait, did I text you? Who did I text? I don't know. I was very excited. I was I was thinking, hey, you know, this is actually pretty smart that they're using um, these talents that we saw in WWE before. Uh, mm-hmm. For the for the fan that maybe hasn't been watching Impact Wrestling for a while, they'll say, hey, you know what? I remember that Brian Myers guy. Or, hey, that's TJP. That that used to be my favorite cruiserweight champion, and I haven't seen him in a while. And get, getting to see what, what, what they've been up to, that they're still able to showcase their talent in Impact, and that, hey, Impact's not just bullshit <clears throat> anymore. They have right. good talent people. There's good matches here. So I thought immediately that's like, okay, that's a good way to kind of keep people interested, I guess, and, and to see what's going on with Impact. Sure, a couple familiar um, faces. Absolutely, absolutely. I'll note that there was, there was 14 wrestlers that competed uh, in matches on Tuesday. Six of them are former WWE contracted performers. Mm-hmm. So, um, including Deanna Prazo and Kimberly. Kimberly had a, a smaller stint there. Uh, I think she was only on TV once or twice. But, um, yeah, I mean – Quite, quite, a, quite a bit of, of use here of WWE people, but in a wise way, and they're obviously talented wrestlers, and we'll get into that here with uh, Brian Myers and TJP. Hell yeah, this was a great match. So um, we've seen this story kind of pick up too. Myers has been calling TJP and Crazy Steve clowns and losers for the past few weeks because they just can't get one over on my man, Rohit Raju. <laughs> um, I do want to note at this point, I noted it was close to 40,000 streams. So this is where the numbers were kind of like settling in and, and rising towards the night. Um, but yeah, like I mentioned, this was uh, a great match. Of course, TJP and Brian Myers, they can work. We've seen them We've seen them go at it and put in these amazing matches. Um, 
and and like I mentioned, it's just so good to see these guys from WWE and knowing that we can watch them on impact. So Brian Myers at the end does pick up the win against TJP. Uh, TJP was working the leg of Myers and they kind of had the storyline here. Um, but he does pick up the win um, towards the end there. And, of course, after the match, we do see Rohit Raju completely mocking TJP. But he has, you know, TJP, the, the, the thing here is, like, he can't challenge Rohit Raju for the X Division Championship. So I, I'm kind of wondering how this is all going to pay off because he has something up his sleeve. And I think yeah. I saw something on Twitter that he had this character before that he used to go by where he wore a mask or something. Do you recall that character? By so TJP did used to wrestle um, as a masked uh, wrestler. And I'm going to tell you his name in just a moment. His... I want to say. I can't remember for the life of me. But he's up to something, and who knows if it's bringing that character back. Yeah, I mean, he's wrestled as suicide previously. Um, but he wouldn't win it as suicide, I don't think. No, I don't think so either. Let's see, let's see, let's see. I mean, he was he was known as Puma for a while. Not to be confused with Ricochet's Prince Puma, of course. Oh, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, what? <laughs> right, yeah. Nope, two very different uh, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I it's escaping me what uh, what his uh, what other else he could have been uh, if not Puma. Um, I don't know that he would use Puma, um, but he does have some some other names that he's wrestled as before. Um, and you know, like like mentioned, uh, he's also wrestled as Suicide, and it could be something as stupid as. Well, his official name is TJP in Impact. Well, he could just wrestle as TJ Perkins because Scott Demore said anyone with the name TJP can't challenge. So that leaves the the door open there for some, uh, you know, kind of wrestling silliness if you really want to just you know be lazy with it. Um, but we'll see. Maybe he just cooks up something completely new. Who knows? Um, I would be we- so upset. I feel like. I honestly hope that he either changes his name, does a completely different character, puts on a mask, whatever, and then Rohiraju still defeats him. <laughs> I, like, I'm crossing my fingers because I swear to God, if I take this title off of this man, I will riot, as they say, whenever something that you don't like happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But yeah, no, this was a really mm-hmm. good match. Uh, like you said, uh, you know, TJP, of course, you know, showed off his submission moves. Uh, really working the the legs, really showing, you know, again, two former WWE guys going out there, having a really good technical wrestling match, you know, showcased most of their moves. TJP, of course, went for the Mamba Splash. Brian Myers puts his knees up and then eventually hits him with that clothesline that he's been using as a finisher, um, which, yeah. you know, it looks like it's a pretty brutal looking clothesline. So, you know, it, it, it sells well. Brutal. I'm normally not one to, that, you know, it if you're going to do a clothesline finisher, it has to look good and it has to feel like it's a lot, you know, like you're talking, you know, Okada using the Raymaker. Nobody else in Japan should ever use a, a you know, a, a clothesline Lariat for their finisher because it'll never look as good as Okada's. Brian Myers. Mm-hmm. is obviously a little different. Uh, it's kind of a running clothesline, but still it looks good. It looks painful. Um, I liked it. Great match. Uh, and a really good one to have on this night. Uh, like you said, with all these extra viewers uh, on there. Hell yeah. 
And of course, during this, um, I did want to know they did show a another TNA greatest moment. It was a hardcore moment between uh, the Motor City Machine Guns versus Generation Me. They showed this one. They showed another one between these two uh, tag teams last week, if I'm not mistaken. And of course, Generation mm-hmm. Me being uh, the Young Bucks. So of course, a great moment. And I think it's again just to show, hey, this is where the Young Bucks came from. So they're your favorite tag team in AEW. Well, here you go. They were an impact. And I thought that was yeah. smart, but they did a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, no, and and they seem to do that uh, when they do the flashback moments of the week that that are on the uh, access feed, right? So they only do one of those on the access feed, whereas on Twitch, they kind of have more leeway there because they're not showing the same commercials that access is. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, yeah, Generation Me, they like to show those. Um, great to Great to use those, especially with the AEW stuff going on. Um, in the past, when they've been alluding to AJ Styles or whatever in that storyline, you'll see AJ Styles pop up in the flashback moment of the week. Um, so, you know, they, they definitely know what they've had in the past. And they're not afraid to show it. So, um, but like you said, it, it, it kind of harkens to a, uh, a time where, you know, now we're kind of starting to talk about, like, oh, yeah, these guys were here. These guys, it is okay to talk about it. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see kind of how that uh, continues to go. Um, but I, I think we have, uh, another backstage segment here, uh, before we get to Eric Young and Cody Diener, which, you know, I'm sure you're probably dying to get to, um, <laughs> I actually missed it. I don't have it in my notes. What happened? Uh, all I remember in between those is I actually, I think this is the, this might be the point where Tommy Dreamer is backstage with Larry D and he makes Oh, I the, have that after the EY and Cody Diener match. Is it? Okay. Well, I brought it up. So we'll talk about it now. My good friend, Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> uh, you know, he didn't, he didn't tell me that he That's was going to be, he didn't tell me ahead of time through Twitter DM like he has in the past um, <laughs> that uh, he was going to be challenging Larry D to a wrestling match. Uh, and this is kind of it, it's some kind of funny back and forth because Larry D's, of course, refusing to go uh, downtown, as they keep saying, for the attempted murder of Johnny Bravo. And he uh, he eventually gets to the point where Tommy just says or Larry suggests uh, that, OK, fine, we'll just have, uh, you know, we'll, well, let's let's have a match at final resolution. And if you, if I win, then you let me go walk as a free man. And if you win, I'll go downtown with you. And Tommy Jr. goes, yep, fine by me. Wrestling match made. <laughs> and Larry D goes, wait, I really, I can get away with shooting somebody if I just want a wrestling match? And, it's just, and Tommy Jr. was like, I can do like, whatever. Tommy, you can do that? <laughs> Tommy Jr. was like, I could do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> I laugh so hard. Larry D and AC Romero are just like, all right. I mean, I guess that's it. This <laughs> um, was so funny. Oh, they delivered it perfectly. Great, you know, great humor as always from Tommy Dreamer. Uh, you know, continuing to find ways to put himself over. And, and I talk about it every week and I'll continue <laughs> to. Um, but then, uh, yeah, bef- <laughs> the other backstage segment before this match uh, was, of course, uh, Cody Diener talking with Cousin Jake. He tells cousin Jake, uh, "This is a personal thing. It's not a it's not a we thing. It's a me thing. I have to go out there and show Eric Young that I'm not, you know, nothing. I'm a somebody." And 
Cousin Jake's like, well, I'm going to go out there with you. And he's like, no, you're not going out there with me. I got to do this by myself. And he's like, uh, dude, he's going to have Joe Doring out there. You need me to at least, you know, get your back. Finally, he agrees and says, but you have to promise not to get involved. Then, anyways, so then they, you know, whatever. They go out to the ring. Uh, they have a match. Um, Eric Young gets about 90% of the offense in. Uh, there was a couple of spots that Cody, you know, had his uh, his moments of heart. Uh, where he was screaming that I'm not nothing and, you know, charging at Eric Young, getting a couple of hits in. Um, but ultimately, of course, uh, he goes up to do a diving headbutt to Eric Young. Joe Doring distracts him, takes up a lot of time. Cody then goes to do the diving headbutt. And I swear that Eric Young rolled out of the way before Cody Diener even began to jump because, like, Eric Young was like – Past the middle of the ring by the time uh, Cody Diener's face hit it. So it was a mile away. Like, bro, <laughs> you didn't have to jump that. I thought close. if he's not in the middle of the no, ring. Like... <laughs> nowhere close. Nowhere close. It's like playing a wrestling video <laughs> game back when they wouldn't let you cancel your move. Like, you'd push the button and your guy would get into position and then do oh. the move, but he wasn't there anymore. Like, that's what it, it felt very disjointed yeah. like that. Yeah, of do course. It anyway, like, look, right. I can't get down. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you can't hit the B button and cancel. Um, but then, uh, yeah. of course, Eric Young hits the pile driver, and uh, is well established on Impact Wrestling. Uh, damn near nobody kicks out of an Eric Young pile driver, uh, which it is, uh, as it always is, a thing of beauty. Uh, and even though this match wasn't that great, Eric Young's uh, pile driver gets my uh, hashtag Chef's Kiss of the Night. Mwah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, of course, you know, normal shenanigans afterwards, some beatdowns, uh, you know, uh, eventually, uh, Rhino with a steel pipe comes out from the back and chases off uh, <laughs> Eric Young and Joe Doring. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, Rhino keeps on trying to tell them like, no man, you're not pulling that shit here. Like that's not what's going to happen. And they've beaten him up several times and, uh, you know, uh, Rhino finally showing some intelligence and bringing a weapon with him, at least to the ring. Uh, I don't know that a lead pipe would be kind of what I would bring. Um, it's a little bit harder to swing around maybe than a kendo stick or a baseball bat or something. I don't know. It's but more you, effective, Josh. It's, it's certainly metal. more. I mean, if it connects, that thing's going to hurt. <laughs> so, of course, you know, Joe Doran's still. Is cool, you know, teasing the, the possibility of a Joe versus Rhino or even because I think. Joe Dory, Dory, my accent is out of control sometimes. I think he <laughs> was actually more pissed that Rhino got in there. You know, EY was holding him back a little bit. So right. I think we are seeing, if I'm not mistaken, we're seeing EY and Rhino, correct? Or am I just that dreaming is happening? Up? That is happening at Final Resolution. We will preview okay. that match later, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. But I really think down the, down the road, the big thing is going to be Joe, Dory, and Rhino. And I'm going to yeah. put money on it. So, Josh, I, how much you bet? Uh, I'm not betting you on that because it's definitely going to happen. Um, you know, <laughs> Joe Doring is definitely going to get a match. Whenever he gets his first official match, it is going to be someone that's established that he beats up probably, uh, but not, okay. like, overly so. It's like a Rhino makes sense. A Tommy Dreamer makes sense. Like, somebody along those lines for him to just go and beat the piss out of who, like, that person is established as someone that's been in the business forever and everyone knows what they can do, but losing doesn't hurt them. Like Tommy Dreamer can lose every match from now until the rest of his career, and it won't do a thing to him, right? Yeah. I mean, so same with Rhino. I mean, either either way. Um, but yeah, we are going to get something out of there. Um, 
I did, uh, I took one of the uh, backstage things after this match and put it in front of this match. Do we have anything else backstage uh, after this match, Sandy, in your notes? I think this might be where Alicia and Tennille talk. But, uh, no, just my... it. I had that. I had that way after. So well, I man, I'm just all over the a... place. Okay, so you just all right, whatever <laughs> and you I got. And I did it in order. <laughs> all right, whatever you got. Whatever you got next, go ahead and start. It'll refresh me. So I wanted to know down. So one of the 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 flashback things from uh, TNA Impact was the greatest betrayal, and it shows Bully Ray betraying Hulk Hogan to become the TNA champ. Um, this was a long segment that they showed on the Twitch stream, and I kind of thought about it like, okay, so they've been showing a lot of AEW guys and to kind of show like, hey, this is where they came from, but could this possibly be another kind of premonition? Is Bully Ray, are we going to be working with Bully Ray and Ring of Honor too and this tri- and, and turn it into like a trifecta of promotions working together i just thought it was interesting i was like oh that kind of puts some thoughts into people's minds you know showing this bully ray clip but hopefully it's not the other way where they bring hulk hogan and i'll be like god dang it but i think he's just in wwe for life let's let's leave him there and hidden (laughs) away from people (laughs) yeah it's it's worth um it's worth not wanting to see hulk hogan anywhere um but uh bully ray um, presently is no longer with Ring of Honor, I believe. So I don't think he's oh, anywhere. Oh. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I'm I'm fairly certain earlier this year uh, he was let go. Um, yeah, April 1st, uh, 2020, he left Ring of Honor when his contract expired. So, well, yeah, so he is currently Could he be unemployed. coming back to Impact? Who knows? Well, I hope not on that either, uh, personally. But, uh, you know, We'll see what happens with old Bully Ray. Um, hopefully nothing. And hopefully nothing with our, our old friend, current enemy, Terry Bolia. Because um, <laughs> you know, I don't even want to use his uh, K-Fabe name. He's, he's just Terry around these parts. Yeah, let's... For those listening, uh, we, we do not worship the ground that Hulk Hogan walks on uh, in the Clearwater uh, Tampa area. Because uh, we all know him. Most of us have a story of him being an ass. And that's just it. He's just Terry Bollea. And he sucks. So, but back to impacts. <laughs> and that's that on Hulk Hogan. Um, we have another backstage segment. So this is interesting. Tommy Dreamer actually approaches Scott Demore in the back. He oh, yes. has mm-hmm. concerns about Kenny and Don Callis being here. He says, you know, Don is always doing things, just thinking about himself. He's he doesn't think about the locker room. They don't care about the locker room. They don't care about Impact's interests. And Scott wants, of course, nothing to do with it because it's great for business, having all these eyes on Impact from thanks to Kenny and thanks to AEW. Um, one of the big things from this one was actually pretty funny. So Scott DeMore tells Tommy, he's like, even Lance Storm thinks this is a good idea, and he's never happy about anything. <laughs> I laughed so hard because... Just that was a few awesome. minutes earlier, I saw the tweet from Lance. I do follow Lance on uh, Lance Storm on Twitter because I he's one of my favorites. So underrated. Lance had literally just tweeted um, about how he popped for the Tony Khan paid ad, and so so for them to bring that into this, which was it, actually it's kind of interesting. When did they record this? Because he had just tweeted about it, unless they talked about him tweeting it before. Uh, I think he had talked about it previously. 
um, about the uh, the Kenny Omega stuff previously. Uh, but yeah, I okay. I don't believe I don't believe they they so I think they recorded the Kenny Omega segments after the mm-hmm. fact. So they brought Tommy back. They brought Rich Swan back for the you know the part at the end of the show. Um, but really, I mean, you look at how many people were actually involved in the Kenny Omega recordings. It was Scott, Tommy, Rich, Josh Matthews, Don Callis, Kenny Omega, and then the random extra that they had uh, pretending to be a door guard. So that's that's only seven people that they had for filming those segments. I I believe that was shot after the fact. Um, okay, that would make sense because I just blew my mind just now. I was like, wait a minute, this is taped. And Lance had just tweeted it, and my eyes just kind of went like cross-eyed <laughs> trying to figure out how they did it. <laughs> but no, it, that was definitely that was a really good joke. I, I thought it was funny because you know you know Lance is is known as a pretty serious you know stone-faced kind of guy. So I love uh, him. No, that was great. Awesome, awesome, awesome uh, segment with Scott Demore and Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, so it's interesting to see. Like, I wonder why you know Tommy. Would would think, hey, hey what? You know, this kind of throws a little a, a little something into the into the the movement of things. You know, we have Tommy Jr. who's who's concerned. Why are you concerned? Yeah, Tom, uh, Don Callis is doing things selfishly, and of course, he's a heel now with Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega's a heel. They're doing this for themselves. So it's kind of interesting to put that into the into the worst of the storyline that we have yet to see where it's going to go, but are interested to see and find out. Absolutely. But anyways, we move forward and we have Deanna Parasso and Kimberly against Rosemary and Taya. So this will be for the, the women's knockout tag team uh, tournament, which we have been so amazing so far. We are very excited to see who the brand new champions will be at the beginning of next year. So this was one of the ones I was looking forward to. Um, I had a feeling going up uh prior to the match that Rosemary and Taya were going to move forward. You know, they've been established as a tag team for a little bit longer than Deanna and Kimberly have. And mm-hmm. of course, putting that pressure on, uh, on Deanna to being the current women's champion. I was like, okay, no, this will be a good, good for them to, to exit. But this was a great, a great match. We had during the very beginning of the match, more towards the middle, they had about 43,000 streams. I noted on here. No, that's uh, awesome. But what did you think about this match? Yeah, no, I, I mean, if you listen to the show, you know that like Ty is one of my favorite female wrestlers. I, oh, to me, yeah. she can, she can literally do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. I, I did want to point out that she had a uh, new uh, ring gear uh, intro uh, entrance uh, gear look, and uh, she actually caps. She called it Mountain Dew realness, is what she called it on Instagram. Uh, I thought it was funny, so I just wanted to make sure to go back and, and make sure that I captured that because it was a very bright green uh, entrance gear, uh, ring gear combination. Uh, but no, uh, you know, Ty is great. Um, I'm interested, you know, Rosemary is someone that's been around. She's she's obviously uh, done a lot of work for Impact. She's done a lot of the, you know, the undead stuff, the, you know, the demons and the underworld and all that stuff. Uh, but, you know, she I think she's a pretty underrated worker uh, in the ring. Um, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, if we do continue to see, and we'll talk about this obviously later, uh, where, if they decide, uh, you know, to do some, some crossover matches, uh, you know, maybe she locks horns with a, uh, another supernatural style character, uh, over in AEW. Not that I'm asking for that match. Um, but that's something that could happen, I, I suppose. Um, 
but yeah, no, I mean, you noted, uh, you know, they, they worked Diana kind of having the distraction of Sue Young and, and being the knockouts champion in the back of her mind, kind of as a distraction. And then, uh, you know, of course, you know, Rosemary gets the pin on Kimberly, uh, with that kind of wing clipper style, uh, uh, almost like a, it's kind of like a backpack stunner, but on the front, I don't know. What do you, I don't know what you call that, but I know like Angel Garza, no calls it, I think Angel Garza calls it the wing clipper. I think that's might be what it's called, Oh, that's right. but you know, something, mm-hmm. something along those lines, but either way, uh, really good match. Uh, I was glad to see that the women got a pretty good amount of time, uh, here to work, uh, despite kind of the busyness of the, of the show. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, what did, what did you think here? Is this, you know, was this one of your, uh, favorite first round matches here in the tournament i i loved it like like you mentioned i'm glad they had plenty of time to go what it didn't feel super rushed you know they had time to kind of put everything together yeah they uh, got about seven seven minutes to build a bell okay yeah that's uh well yeah that's that's all right <laughs> it always feels like it's longer for some reason i don't know why that seven minutes sounds so short but anyway it was a great match <laughs> diana she was teaching her submission skills um this is there was a really awesome spot where you know both teams are in the ring and um, Taya and Kimber they were throwing hands uh, to each other after they ended up doing a couple of splits right next right. to each other. Mm-hmm. So even before getting up from the splits, they're still in this dang split, which by the way I cannot do. And they're just throwing hands at each other. And I was like, brother, get up! Like my hips were hurting just watching that. <laughs> I thought it looked, the the visual itself was pretty cool. I don't think I've seen that before. Um. Deanna does catch Kimberly accidentally with a super kick, which is when we see the spear from uh, Rosemary taking her out. And so that protected her. You know, she got taken out. She didn't get the the, right. the pin on her. And one thing I just didn't, I hated their double down in their match. You know, it was just from a couple of elbows between, um, I believe it was Taya and Kimberly. Yes. Who uh-huh. was in the double down. Right. Yeah. I hated that. It was just two elbows and they were just down. And it was like, all right. Two, For fans of the Social Suplex Podcast Network, a, a double down is what we affectionately refer to as, of course, the James Boyd spot. Because you know, James <laughs> right. James is absolutely not a fan of those spots. Uh, and I got to be honest, <laughs> I'm typically not either. Sometimes it makes sense. Uh, but this one seemed like it was kind of disjointed and out of time. Like it, it, The timing was off. Yeah, it was off and it was just weak, you know, so we want to see something a little bit more devastating and impressive than than just two elbows at the same time, you know. I, it was one of the weaker double downs I've seen in a very long time and I was like, oh, I do not like that. <laughs> well, and they're, <laughs> but, they're, but the they're the both match... super kickers, so, I mean, it didn't make sense that oh, an elbow, yeah. you know, why not do it, why not do a, a super kick James Boyd spot, you know, like one does. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and they were just throwing elbows with each other before, why, why are these two elbows different, you know. I don't know. I'm not a fan. But the second half of the match did pick up, and it had really cool spots here, and, and the ending was perfect. I thought they, I thought it was fun. It was a fun watch. Yeah, absolutely. Two, two. All and right, of course, so the girls that I picked to win one. <laughs> so we have then Rosemary and Ty Valkyrie move on to, this, to the semifinals to face Tasha Steeles and Kira Hogan. And then, of course, on the other side, we have Havoc and Nevea taking on Jordan Grace and Jazz. So a uh, couple of really good knockouts tag matches uh, coming our way. I think they may both be next Tuesday. I know at least one is. Um, and then, of course, we have the uh, the recrowning of the knockouts tag team champions at Hard to Kill. Um, 
Next up, we have the backstage segment, I think, between Alicia Edwards and Tennille Dashwood. Um, so Tennille has now decided to go kind of in. She's kind of into doing the tag team with Alicia. Um, and she's coming up with ideas. She's coming up with marketing. Caleb with a K is on board somehow. And Alicia now wants nothing to do with this. So it's kind of a, a funny role reversal. But, you know. They are showing, you know, Alicia cares more about what's going on with Eddie, more about the fact that, you know, Sammy Callahan keeps on trying to end his career. Um, and so she's got, uh, you know, a bit of a bone to pick with Sammy Callahan. Yeah, which I think it's, <laughs> I'm so confused. Why wouldn't Alicia just say, hey, Tania, I just have some things to work on. Because now, I think we mentioned this earlier or maybe not. This is before we even got on the on the yeah, before recording. we recorded. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that they're going to have a match. We'll get to the preview on this, but it's going to be an intergender tag match between Tanil and Caleb with a K and the Edwards. So, okay, why are we escalating it already all the way up to having uh, a match about this? <laughs> right, you know, that exactly. That kind of took me by surprise. I was like, whoa, that escalated. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, I guess you could say, so, you know, uh, you can't you can't scorn Tanil Dashwood and her you know, 35 million Instagram followers or whatever it is. Right. So, um, yeah, it was kind yeah, of a, yeah. kind of, kind of a weird escalation, uh, but I thought it was a good spot. Uh, <laughs> and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but now we transition to Sammy Callahan in the ring, uh, cutting a promo. No wrong again, Josh. Come on. <laughs> well, I said, listen, I said this week was crazy. You heard my introduction to this very podcast. I'm a little Aww. out of sorts, but that's what, Poor listen, Josh. I, I don't I know, I I don't know why I keep trying to guess your notes. Um, but Sandy, please, you know what, Sandy, here's the wheel. I'm sitting in the back of the car. You drive. <laughs> no, don't you dare. I get, I get, <laughs> I get, I don't know. I do want to mention, so TNA, another moment, the greatest promo. It is the infamous, most hilarious math promo from Scott Steiner, Makers. I am so happy they played this because Logan and I were just laughing our asses off. I hadn't, it's been a while since I saw this video again, but the Steiner match, oh my God. The fact that like the way he gets so out of breath towards the end, he's literally gassed from his promo. It's just all the freaking math. Like, what are you talking about, bro? It is the funniest. If you've never seen Steiner math, please pause our podcast. (laughs) <laughs> Go to youtube.com and type in Steiner Math. I promise That's you, you there'll be play. about 4 million videos of it, and it's all the same. <laughs> but definitely just click on the first one you see and just enjoy uh, what is, oh. quite honestly, I, I mean, it's up there. Like, people talk about, like, the most infamous promos. You got, you know, uh, Andre turning on Hulk Hogan. You have uh, Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels. You have, I mean, just on and on and on, the pipe bomb uh, promo with CM Punk. And always, always mentioned, without a doubt, is Steiner Math. So please, if you've never listened to that, please go watch that video. It is well worth the three and a half, four minutes, whatever it is uh, that that it is. It it feels like 30 seconds because it is so much fun. Please go, like, we're putting this over more than we've ever put anything over on this podcast. Uh, but it is an all-time promo segment. Please, Steiner Mouth, go watch oh, it. So good. And you know what? I actually <laughs> thought maybe they were going to do the, the Jay Lethal, Ric Flair, Woo face-off, Woo-Off, mm. the Woo-Off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was another really good one. If you haven't seen that one, I mean, everyone that has is a to great see one. the Woo-Off. <laughs> and that was an impact. I don't know what year that was, but 
they could that could have been a greatest promo one too. <laughs> I'm sure it's right. in the, I'm sure it's in that. Right, top ten, top ten. So before we get to the Sammy Callahan thing, Josh, which you are getting way ahead of, we have <laughs> Diana. Right after her match, she goes backstage and approaches Scott Demore. I thought this segment was freaking great too. I love Scott mm-hmm. Demore. So she goes off, saying there is just way too much on her plate. You know, you have dead bitches running around, too young, and the tag team tournament, and she's the women's champion. And she's just kind of throwing all her grievances out of Scott Demore, saying this isn't fair. You know, I have too much on my plate. What are you doing? What am I doing here? So Scott Demore being hilarious and, and the genius that he is, says, hey, you know what? You're absolutely right. But as we saw last week, you know, the Suyum problem is, is gone, and at least for the foreseeable future. And you just lost. You're out of the tag team tournament. So that frees up some time on your plate. So at final resolution, you will face off against Rosemary. And so he made it seem like, hey, yeah, no, actually, you have a lot of time on your plate now since you just <laughs> right. lost your match. Congratulations, you <laughs> lost. So, Here's your time back. <laughs> exactly. And he's like, so now you can only focus on your women's championship and you have a match. And, of course, that leads her like, wait, what? So I love the way he kind of spins that on everybody. Everyone always goes to him, like, with all the grievances. And he's like, you're right, but then flips it so that they actually get the opposite of what they were asking for or complaining about. So I yep. think that's hilarious. Her face, she was just like, like, <laughs> I wish you could see my face. She was just so, like, confused. Like, how did we get here? So, well, you know what, Sandy? So uh, I will say this. They will be able to see your face because uh, right here, uh, I will go in and I will clip this little segment, and it will go on the official 8-Bit Suplex TikTok. That's right. You As you, if you listened last week, I do have the TikTok. I promise you, Shut I made the up. TikTok. <laughs> I've made the TikTok. You, she doesn't believe me, but go into your cellular device <laughs> right now. If you go into uh, TikTok, you can go and see our profile at Apex Suplex. We have one follower, and it is a uh, friend of the show, Dan Coffin. So, <laughs> which I chose the show. I don't go into this thing ever. I probably should. Um, I probably should put a video on there at some point, but Dan does follow, and I just followed him back with our official 8-Bit Suplex TikTok. It is there, and so now silly. now when we make funny faces or we drop something or whatever, it's going on the TikTok, so don't even worry about it. You put it on Twitter. My God. Hey, My listen, man. man. Kids, kids these days, they don't care about Twitter as much. They want the TikTok. Oh, my God. We're old, man. Yeah, I know. We're, we're, in our, we're in our 30s. We don't know what's going on. <laughs> we're, no. we, we're, we're light years beyond what's cool. <laughs> I sure as shit don't have a TikTok. Uh, I had one. I don't know what the login is anymore, but I know what the login is for the 8-Bit Suplex official TikTok. Go follow it at 8-Bit Suplex. Back to what you were saying about Impact Wrestling, Sandy. Sandy Callahan, you got it. <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm finally here i'm finally here <laughs> uh yeah i thought this was a, a really excellent promo actually from sammy uh I've, I've said it time and time again i think he's an excellent talent he's great in the ring he cuts pretty good promos i absolutely hate the hacker gimmick um mm-hmm. but i i think it's a pretty good pretty good promo here until of course it's interrupted by alicia edwards alicia you know talks some, uh, you know, he's, he stops her before she talks, says, hey, listen, last time you were in here, you almost caught an Eric Young pile driver, but I'm not Eric Young. I show no mercy. I'm going to 
break your freaking neck if you come in here. And I thought that was a little intense. And of <laughs> course, Alicia drops the bomb that, hey, you know what? Guess what, buddy? I didn't come alone. alone this time. I learned my lesson. I didn't come alone. Cue, of course, Eddie Edwards attacking Sammy Callahan from behind, getting the jump on him, uh, taking his bat away, yada, yada. And, you know, Sammy eventually is able to escape out of the ring over the guardrail. And the Edwards get the drop. And, you know, it looks like uh, they're going to be teaming up, uh, as we mentioned on Saturday. And we'll see if uh, Alicia's, you know, closer to Eddie's side going forward. She doesn't really have a whole lot going on with the knockout division. She's not really a player in the title mm-hmm. picture. She Mm-mm. got eliminated immediately from the tag team tournament. So we'll see, you know, what kind of if they want to keep Alicia on camera, which it, it does seem that they do, um, because you know she has been there a long time and and she is a a, a solid worker for them. So uh, you know, give her some airtime, especially she's been there all COVID long. So keep putting her out there. Give her something to do. I, I think being with her husband is. Uh, more than more than a good enough use. Uh, but what do you think of this yeah. segment here, Sandy? Oh, great! So exactly what you said. It's there's really no place. I don't want to say that. That sounds so mean. That there's no place for her in the knockouts division. But you're absolutely right. She's not a contender for the title for either you know the tag or the main title. And there's no real other storylines that we're seeing here with the women. Um, yeah, this is the best. She, she's not bad on the mic, you know, she, she shows up, she shows that intensity in her, in her emotions, in her facials, um, and she can deliver an all right promo. So yeah, this, this could work. And this is, you know, something, it's entertainment. I do want you to know that we're close to 46,000 live streams at Twitch right now for this segment at this part of the episode. Um, but yeah, that was, that was it. We have um, another TNA Greatest Moment. This time it's the Greatest Hardcore Moment featuring LAX, uh, which we know now from uh, the Inner Circle. And yep, Proud and Powerful, Santana and Feast. Yes, Proud and Powerful. I couldn't remember that. Uh, we have Penta and Phoenix, and this is their match at Rebellion 2019, which is one of the greatest freaking... Those two teams, when they went at it in uh, Impact, was so much fun. Yeah, if you have time on your hands, uh, definitely go in into Impact Plus um, and go back and watch every single match of theirs uh, that you can find. Um, they are, I mean, they're two of the best tag teams in the world, um, and they definitely are two of the tag teams that are not afraid to take bumps and really nasty hits, um, all for our entertainment. And I am sports entertained every time I watch uh, either of those tag teams go at it. Um and and I think Ray Phoenix is probably uh, uh, top five in the world wrestler right now. Period. Um, so you know the, the fact that he he continues to tag with his brother, super cool. Not that Penta's he's nothing he's no slouch. Um, so they are. I mean the Lucha Bros might be my favorite tag team is what I'm getting at um, right <laughs> now in the world. So uh, we'll see kind of uh, you know if maybe they show back up on Impact. You know obviously they have history there. Um, so that would be pretty cool if they did. Um, as we kind of look forward with what's going to happen we're not quite there yet we have we have a main event i think the main Mm -hmm. event's next after that sammy callahan promo i don't think we see anything else right uh (laughs) you're no you know you're technically right uh okay we just see (laughs) technically though so they do they do go backstage one more time where we see eddie being all hyped and he has all this 
energy and what's it called that adrenaline after yeah. um, facing off Sammy. Um, but Alicia kind of calms down and says, now it's time to take care of my problem. With right. question mark, question mark, then we find out, of course, that's going to be facing Tanil and Kayla with a K, which this is the part that we're like, okay, that escalated. Why Why does she want to fight Tanil now? All Tanil did was get hyped about them being a tag team. So right. that escalated. But that was it. And now we do have the main event. Go ahead. And <laughs> we have the main event. Um, and this was, uh, I think, an awesome showcase of the some of the top talent that Impact has. It's uh, a main event that they put out there knowing that there'd be extra eyes out there to see uh, Kenny Omega right after this. Um, it's four black men, um, which is uh, not typical awesome. of a lot of a lot of the wrestling you know promotions that we see around here. I do want to call that out. Uh, that is an awesome moment. Um, it, it is something that it shouldn't have to be called out because it just, it just hasn't happened, right? So um, yeah. awesome, awesome, awesome job out of those four guys. They worked their asses off. Hell of a match. Um, and we mentioned earlier at the top of the show, Chris Bay and Moose, uh, it was a kind of tumultuous tag team uh, situation. Uh, every time uh, Moose tagged Chris Bay in, he'd chop him uh, to tag him mm-hmm. in. And, you know, I think uh, Josh Matthews in commentary, or no, Madison Rain on commentary is like, listen, if my tag team partner kept on chopping me in the chest to, to tag in, I'd just leave. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, what are, what are the funnier hey, moments that's, from, that's from Madison there? I mean, yeah, I mean, I've not taken too many chops in my life. I'm sure you've taken a few more than I have, Sandy. Uh, I don't know that I would be uh, tagging in and out that way or agree to, especially with no. a man the size of Moose uh, delivering the chops. No. <laughs> oh, uh-uh. So, but yeah, no, excellent no. match. Uh, all these guys hit their spots, showed great athleticism all around. Uh, and then ultimately, uh, Chris Bay and Moose, get the win leading into final resolution for Chris Bay's title shot against Rich Swan. So, yeah, so this match, so I wanted to say I got blown up just watching the little bit of the shine sequence in the very beginning. We had Chris Bay and Rich Swan doing the flippy dippy shit in the very beginning and their chain wrestling getting in and out of things. And holy shit, it was, fucking beautiful and perfect it was awesome. but i it was, was awesome. watching it but i was literally like <gasps> i'm out of breath just watching these <laughs> like take it home <laughs> and that was just the very beginning so that was really funny um we see some uh, i quote i very sarcastically say tag team offense by moves where he throws poor bay into willie mac um from, <laughs> the, like, yeah he, yeah like, he kind of power bombs him <laughs> It was ridiculous. It was like a head scissor from Rich Juan to Bay, which sent him off to Moose's body in the center of the ring, too. Yeah. That was really cool. Um, it was amazing action, except for uh, Moose at this very exact moment until he comes in to deliver the crazy elbows again to, to Willie Mack. He just right. wants to annihilate this poor man. He's just going in there and the rev is saying, stop, stop, and he just won't get off poor Willie Mack. So... Swan came in with a save, and like you mentioned, Bay picks up the win, heading into final resolution this Saturday night. At this point, the stream reaches 50,000 viewers uh, watching live on Twitch. And before we get to the main event, which, as we all know, is Kenny Omega with Don Callis being interviewed by Josh Matthews, uh, we do see finally what I was waiting for, which was, oh, actually, no, this was before. Dang, this is during the match. 
TNA Greatest Knockouts Moments, which feature Gail Kim and Awesome Kong. Uh, mm. A final resolution. I was waiting for it. It's like, when are they going to show my girl, Gail Kim? Because she, as everyone knows, is one, if not the, no, she has to be the, the greatest knockout in Impact history. She, that division is hers. And the, and the feud that she had with Awesome Kong was one of my favorites. I wasn't, I wasn't a person that was watching Impact religiously back then, but I made sure to watch Gail Kim and Awesome sure. Kong because that was my favorite, one of my favorite feuds. And then at the end, we do see the TNA Greatest Returns, which was thing at Final Resolution as well. So lots of things being hinted at here, you know. We did see Awesome Kong and AEW thing now back in AEW. Lots of those videos and, and memories from, hey, they were all, they all came through Impact. So that, that was a very smart thing to do for the viewers on Twitch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we do see uh, Rich Swan uh, oh, poor Rich. trying to leave the building. He gets stopped at the door uh, by uh, what could only be described as my ugly cousin. Um, <laughs> tells him, listen, uh, your name's not on the list. You can't go out there. He's like, dude, it's the parking lot. What are you talking about? He says, yeah, no, the champion has that all blocked off. He says, dude, I'm the champion. He goes, no, man, Kenny Omega's out there. The AEW champion, like, kind of like, haven't you ever heard of him? What are you, an idiot? Like, uh. <laughs> and then he's just kind of standing there. And then Josh Matthews walks by. Uh, yeah, uh, Josh Matthews. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you know, it's just like, what what a nerdy moment for Josh Matthews to, uh, to kind of walk through there um, at that point. Um, and then, uh, you know, of course, Rich Swan is left hanging, and uh, we go to the uh, tour bus. Uh, before we get to that, uh, I do want to just pause uh, very quickly for a brief, uh, what do they used to say on the radio, uh, station identification. So we're just going to pause real quick for that. Okay, and we're back uh, from the station identification. Uh, hopefully whatever ad that's in there, I don't know. We, we have automatic ads. I have to give a mid-roll. So that's why we pause for station identification. I hope uh, whatever ad that is, you buy lots of it and use whatever code they say to use. Um, but uh, so, yeah, definitely we get to a very exciting moment in wrestling history where we're kind of seeing, at least what we hoped we were seeing, is the kind of rebirth of almost the territories where you could see guys from other companies showing up on other companies. Um, you and I are too young to remember the territory days. They happened before we were born. Um, but as I understand it, um, you could see Ric Flair show up with the NWA title at any given promotion for a weekend. He'd go and have you know two or three title matches. He might lose it while he's there, but he'll win it back before he gets back on the road and hits the next thing, right? So we could see programs like this in this modern era start to kind of develop that way. Um, but before we get too far in, into projections here, um, I do want to talk about the actual interview itself uh, because it, of course, as most wrestling interviews, it eventually just turns into a full on promo. Um, there's been a lot of criticism of Kenny Omega's ability to give promos in the past. That's kind of his one weakness, right? No weaknesses in the ring. Best bout machine. Guy can go out there 45 minutes, hour long, have, you know, seven-star Kenny, right? Uh, and then the, the, the one thing that everyone's always said, he's not really that good of a promo. He kind of does these goofy, you know, kind of stylized promos. 
and I think that that is a fair criticism. Um, but let me say that should be a criticism no more. Um, because the the promo that he and Don Callis cut is absolutely incredible. I love every second of it. It never felt like there was a pause. There was it was just constant beats, just boom, 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 um, and and it was absolutely awesome. Before we get into details, Sandy, what did you think overall about the promo? It was so I actually thought that Don Callis was talking a little too much um in the very beginning but when Kenny was actually delivering his his lines it felt very natural um I had never really thought that he was you know the worst promo he's not he has a way that he talks but I feel like that's just him it's not him trying to be anything different or special it's just the way he talks you know and sometimes you know that's what people sound like but <laughs> right he's still at the I end don't of the know. Day. He, he's a nerdy kid from from <laughs> Winnipeg right I mean at the end of the day yeah and maybe he's not and after, you know, because I feel like a lot of the, the the whole promo thing, you have to get into being someone else. And right now we're seeing that heel Kenny Omega character come back. And it's been a while for him. The cleaner I thought was so amazing in New Japan. But, God, you know, I thought he was, I thought he was great here. It, it, they, they, they made their point across. They, they had the story that they were trying to tell. You had Don Callis, who is a great, great speaker. He's a great promo. Of course, we heard him on commentary. I absolutely loved him. Loved him when um, he was doing Killing the Town, the Killing the Town podcast with Lance Storm. That was my favorite podcast to listen to back then. I could hear the man talk all the time. But for this particular moment, we were just so excited to hear from Kenny Omega that I feel like Don Callis kind of took over that a little too much in the beginning. But he was telling the story of, hey, how do we get to this point? Which he did, you know. He said he said um, he didn't come back to the business just to be in a podcast. He didn't come in just to be a color commentary in New Japan. He did it to make history today with Kenny Omega, and it was all a part of the plan. And also, it was all part of the plan for how Kenny was kind of came all the way up to AEW and become the champion. Um, and we do get into, you know, why are they here? That's what we all wanted to know. What's going on? <laughs> Right. They just said, well, because they can. <laughs> yeah, basically, essentially. And, and, and Kenny relates what he wants to do to collecting comic books. Okay, you know, he's like, uh, I got my, my Superman number one, right? That's the AEW title. And I got, I think you say uh, Captain America number one or something like that. And that's the AAA title, uh, which, of course, he is defending. Uh, we're recording this on Friday night, Saturday night. So tomorrow night, uh, he'll be defending that against Laredo Kid. Um, which I think everyone assumed was going to be a spot where Kenny was going to drop the belt back. That does not feel likely now. Um, yeah. But then he said, you know, hey, I'd love to add a Spider-Man number one to my collection. And maybe that's the Impact Championship. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, I want to be a collector. And it, so it sounds like he is pushing himself to be the collector, the big you know, I'm going to go into every territory and take their title from them, um, which is an interesting uh, thought. I mean, I, I don't think anybody's thought of that being possible in years, um, period. I mean, it just didn't happen. Uh, not since Ultimo Dragon had, I think, nine titles, right? So we're kind of, you know, we'll see 
where this goes um, as far as that collection aspect of it. Uh, but like you said, they, they hit at their points. They, uh, I think it was probably about like 10 or 11 minutes long, uh, maybe a little longer mm-hmm. on, on the, uh, the promo. A lot of information. They said, hey, look, we're going to be on Dynamite tomorrow. We got more news. We got more things to share uh, with you. That turned out to be kind of not true. It was kind of the exact not same promo. Not true at all. It was kind of the exact same promo that they cut on Impact. Um, and by exact same, I do mean exact same really? promo. Um, most most of the words were the same. Um, but the thing that they were really trying to put over was that they, you know, some people have you know matches, some people make money, uh, but Kenny Omega and Don Callis they make history. And making history once is nearly impossible, but nobody makes history twice like Kenny Omega and Don Callis just did. Uh, they took credit for AEW's existence because uh, they used a quote from Tony Khan saying that had Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega not had the match at the Tokyo Dome, uh, that he would never have tried to make AEW. Um, you know, so basically Kenny, Kenny for the first time is publicly acknowledging the things that people have said about him. And kind of using this as a chance for his character to boast while also talking about the things that he actually did accomplish. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a guy that, that has been pretty humble, at least in the public eye, um, about what he's accomplished in the wrestling business. And so it's kind of nice to see his heel character be like, I'm going to tell you every single thing that I did um, and you're going to hear about it. And, and you know, he's it feels like he's going to go out there now and, and, and kind of... Uh, be the the world beater that he was always destined to be you know the the cleaner the collector the you know whatever you want to call him the the real world champion or something along those lines and and being managed by don Callis all the way yeah well we'll hopefully see that and you know like i mentioned for the very beginning of this of this podcast i was thinking hey you know the biggest draw and the biggest interest here is how the two companies can can interact with one another, not just with Kenny Omega, but also with the rest of the talent. And unfortunately, we haven't received the answer, not from the Impact episode and not from the AEW Dynamite episode, unfortunately. Um, they did the same exact promo. They're pretty much telling us in a, in a very wrestling promo type of way that, hey, this is a story as to why the Kenny Omega and Don Callis are doing this. They didn't tell us what that means for the companies as AEW and Impact. What does what this means for them in the? Because you know we're in a, we're in a smart age of wrestling fans. You know we're just not going to believe that it's you know the story here. We want to know the the logistics of it. Is AEW buying Impact? Is there a? If not, then how are they working together? How is this going to work for their talent? How is this going to go for their titles? Is only the AEW uh, Men's World Championship going to be defended at uh, Impact pay-per-views, or is it going to be all of the titles? Can Impact titles be defended at AEW Dynamite? You know, there's so many unanswered questions. And I got, I got annoyed after watching Dynamite because they said before they cut off the stream on Impact that they were 24 hours away from a big announcement on AEW. <laughs> and they gave us nothing. Nothing, yeah. But you know what? Uh, smart business out of them <laughs> because it, it, it works a little bit of heat for them. But it also got people to tune into Dynamite the next night. Make sure you come in for Dynamite the next night. It was some old school... Straight up, you know, 
territory mm-hmm. carny level uh finessing uh we got finesse sandy i mean there's there's no way you know we got finesse we got works mm-hmm. any way you want to say it we got it um man but, <laughs> but you know what? that's I'm okay i'm so salty about it if you can tell okay. i'm like over here looking that's at okay. things in the distance like man <laughs> <laughs> so of course that led to everyone on the internet being like well see that i guess that's over now i mean we're not going to see kenny on impact anymore um and then out of the blue, we find out Kenny's going to be on Impact again next week. And then there's some reporting from Dave Meltzer that comes out that not only is Kenny going to be on Impact Tuesday, but he's also going to be a part of Impact pay-per-views. The, the, use the pluralization of that. So at least some Impact pay-per-view shows is the phrasing that Meltzer used. So... Listen, uh, some some take Dave uh, at his word. Some, you know, are scrutinizing Dave every chance they get. Dave is really connected in with Tony Khan um, in AEW, so I I trust when a hundred percent what he's reporting around AEW because they're not going to feed him false stuff. They're not going to feed him, you know, anything like that, right? Um, so we'll have to see kind of what that looks like. But with that being possible, if it's is it just Kenny Omega, that's great still. But we wanted to talk about, well, what if it's everyone? What if AEW and Impact start mixing it up some? And because we've seen AEW obviously mix it up a little bit with NWA, uh, specifically with their women's division. Like, for example, the NWA title is currently held by Serena Deep, who is contracted at AEW. Um, Thunder Rosa obviously has worked several matches, still involved in storyline there. Um, Allison Kay came in and worked a match. She's an NWA talent as well. So we'll see kind of how that continues to develop there. Impact has relationships with ROH, um, and New Japan and, you know, different things there. Obviously TJP and Chris Bay are headed over to the Super Jacob, so they might not be involved in any of the Kenny stuff, at least not right away. So I guess my, my thing is, Sandy, like, what's a couple of matches that, and they don't even necessarily have to be title matches, um, but let's say, like, what's what's a Kenny Omega match that you want to see between him and someone on the Impact roster? And then what's, uh, like, maybe, let's say, like, two or three other matches that you want to see when you talk about combining those those rosters? Yeah, man. You know, right off the bat, I'm thinking Ken Shamrock and Kenny Omega can go. <laughs> you guys should have seen Josh's face. <laughs> yeah, that's. Oh my god. That's going on in the TikTok. Did I get you? <laughs> that's uh. Oh my god. I just gave Josh an aneurysm, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in so much pain right now. I'm so but, sorry. Oh. Okay. All right. Oh, All right. We're through with can that. I make you okay. cry? <laughs> no tears. No tears. Just pain. Could you imagine? <laughs> Hold on. Just imagine that for a second. <laughs> I mean, hey, listen. If, if 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 we're talking about Ken Shamrock, the only person close to his age in AEW right now is uh, Sting. Might as well throw that out there. Holy shit! Yeah, right. Could you <laughs> wait? Have they gone before? Uh, they no. may have it. They may have a TNA back in the day. I, I'd have to look. 
So one of the ones I'd be stoked to see, of course, we had the one, the little tease that it could be maybe champion, which is champion Rich Swan and Kenny Omega. That'd be a hell of a match that we, I don't think we've seen before. But to me, actually, what about Kenny Omega and Brian Myers? What do you think yeah, of that one? That would be fun. I, I think, I don't know that Brian is able to go at the same, at the speed and endurance level that Kenny would be going at. I just I absolutely can. Well, maybe. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know that we'll get to see that one, but that's one that's fun to think about. Um, That'd be fun. It would be. It would be. For me, you throw me you one. Know, I I would personally, I because I'm I'm thinking about. Okay, who's someone that spent a lot of time at at Impact and and was really earned the ability to challenge Kenny Omega to get those extra eyeballs. Right. And I don't want it to be, it, it's not an Eric young, right. I don't want an old, an older, older guy um, to do it. I don't want, I don't want it to be someone that's not in the title picture ever at impact because that doesn't really, you know, to me, that doesn't, kind of go along with what that weight of that match would carry. But for me, like I would love to see, cause this guy also worked in Japan uh, at NOAA, um, went through their system is Eddie Edwards. I, I think Eddie Edwards could work a pretty good uh, match with Kenny Omega. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's the obvious choices of, you know, Rich Swan, Chris Bay. Um, I'm sure TJP would have a very good match with Kenny Omega also. I know I just rattled off four of them, um, but if I had to choose just one, um, I'd say, hey, listen, put the put the impact belt on on Eddie Edwards and have him wrestle uh, Kenny Omega at Hard to Kill. I think that'd be a really fun uh, main event there. That'd be a great match, absolutely. But so we're, we're both so cold on Eddie Edwards though, so that's why I didn't put it on there. But he is a he's also another great freaking worker, and I mean everything he does is so solid. But like him. The actual Eddie Edwards is like, ah, oh, so cold on him. So that's yeah, why I didn't yeah. put him there. No, I mean, but they could so. heat him back up, no problem. But, you know, because mm-hmm. you could work the whole, like, man, I've been here. I've never left here. Like, I'm the T- I'm, I'm Mr. TNA Impact. Let me go after this guy. Let me let me defend the house kind of thing. Right? Yeah. So, and that's kind of the way, it's a similar story, I guess, to how he worked at Eric Young. But, you know, I still think it would be fun. What about Moose and Cody Rhodes? I wasn't going to spend any time fantasy booking Cody Rhodes uh, tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, oh, no, um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, that's definitely a match that Cody bleeds in um, immediately almost. Um, but yeah, <laughs> no, I think Wardlow. Moose and Wardlow, if you if you go for the, the big men slapping meat uh, angle, Moose, Moose and Wardlow would be incredible. Uh, I would yeah. pay. I would pay the fifty dollars pay per view just for that match. I mean, seriously, those those two guys would give you ten of the best minutes that you'd ever see. Uh, I think on a wrestling pay per view, that would be absolutely incredible. Hell yes! Yeah. Oh, so good. That's a great suggestion. Um, I'm I'm looking like uh, I'd love to see um, like Nyla Rose and Jordan Grace. I think that'd be a really good match. Yeah. Um, if you want to go with the powerhouse match there. Powerhouse woman, hell yeah. 
You know, we yeah. have seen Nyla Rose. She's very destructive. She's so she has so much more mass to her compared to the other um, roster, women's roster in AEW. So mm-hmm. yeah, so having someone you know big like her, like yeah. Jordan Grace, that yeah, that'd big be mama a good swole one. out there. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, hey, Jordan, Jordan Grace didn't roll with Steiner for nothing, right? I mean, she's got those guns. Hell yeah! Oh my gosh, she does. What about Rohit Raju, my uh-huh. man, against – oh, shit, I just had it. Where'd it go? Oh, man. Who'd I have it? Oh, Ricky Starks. My thing closed. Okay. A couple, couple of uh, smooth talkers. Okay, no, a, a tag team. Hold on. Ricky Starks and Rohit Raju, tag team against – shit. My mind's oh, going crazy. Tagging together. Okay. That'd be interesting. It would, that, would, that, like, is... that would never happen, but I just saw no, them like, work not. together really well. <laughs> but they have a good match. Two heels facing off. You can make that work somehow. Probably. What else you got? Sure. Um, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I mean. It's 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 easy to book the North versus anyone in that tag team uh, division oh at AEW. I mean the North the, the North, North the versus well, so I would rather see another Young Bucks Mercy Machine Guns match, but that's obviously happened oh, uh, yeah. before. So yeah, North and 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 Young Bucks would be great. A lot of people are clamoring for the North versus FTR, um, which would probably be pretty Ooh. good. I'm not the biggest FTR guy, um, but I I. Actually, I really enjoyed their match on Dynamite this week against the uh, whatever the Blondes, whatever they call Brian Pillman and, and Griff Garrison. Um, that I thought that was one. sure. Yeah, I, I assume that's correct. <laughs> but no, I, I thought it was a really good match. Uh, but yeah, I mean, um, there's there's so much potential um, for tag team matchups that would be awesome. Obviously, uh, I mean, you have the good brothers. They could go up against the young bucks, just, you know, all bullet club, uh, you know, stuff going on there. Um, I, at some point they have to have Kenny Omega and Carl Anderson on screen together, um, for a bullet club style reunion. I, I think it's just going to happen. It's not going to be a match. God forbid. Um, not anything against Carl <laughs> Anderson, but that's not the match that I want to see. Um, so, you know, we'll, um, uh, We'll see. I, I think there's a really good chance um, that we see the Young Bucks get involved, uh, that we see Brian Cage get involved in a match. He just came from Impact also. So there's there's all these guys that are former Impact guys at AEW um, that they could go back and have matches. But now I'm, like, I'm trying to rack my brain, like, who are guys that didn't work at Impact that are in AEW that can now work that impact roster. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I'd I'd love to see Will Hobbs and Willie Mack. I mean, that'd be a a hell of a match. A couple of really athletic big boys. I mean, that's just, to me, that's, that seems great. Um, I'd love to see, uh, man, I don't know. You got another one you can throw out there. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Man, I want to see Ricky Starks against everyone. <laughs> I love that man. If we <laughs> were talking should, you... about, if we were covering AEW Dynamite instead of Impact, um, 
My man would be Ricky Starks because he has it all. Holy shit. Every time I, I mean, watch this man and I'm just seeing his pictures on Instagram, I'm like, you are money. How did WWE not pick you up? It is crazy. Well, he's a little on the small side. And that's the kind of you know, always been a sticking point with WWE for a large amount of people. And I think you're a little bit higher, um, a lot of bit higher on Ricky Starks than I am. I don't think there's anything oh. wrong with Ricky Starks. He's just not my favorite. And that's okay. Oh. It's okay. Um, but I would love to see, um, especially fresh off of their dynamite match, uh, against the young bucks. I would love to see TH2 against the motor city machine guns. I think that'd be awesome. Oh, yes. I mean, yeah. Like you mentioned earlier, anyone against the motor city machine guns, but yeah, they have some good tag teams or even the new, the new kids that they've signed up on, on, on AW. Yeah. Know, the party. What's it called? Party. Oh, private party. Sure. Private party. I was close. Half of have the name. Got it. You know, against private party. You know, they. I don't think they've ever gotten to work someone like the Motor City Machine Guns, and that's a what? perfect tag team to be like, hey, you know, we're we're veterans. They're here to to help us new guys grow. Oh my gosh, that'd be an awesome addition to um to that whole roster for the tag team division. So they can go with anyone. Um, but of course they're also a great. They're they're great wherever they go. Um, yeah. Motor City Machine Guns are fantastic. Gosh, who else? I mean, you could throw uh, Butcher and the Blade against Ace Austin and uh, Madman Fulton. You know what I was thinking? I was just seeing where have they been? Um, so Ace Austin wrestled this week against Cody Diener on Explosion, which is kind of like their version of Dark. Um, but they, I mean, their their storylines not they're not involved in anything right now. So um, you know, it is what it is. I was like, what? Yeah. Where did where did it go? Like Impact doesn't have the deepest roster, but they only they also only have two hours a week. So you know if you're not actively involved in a storyline, you're not getting tossed out there unless you're someone they are going to use as a squash. And they obviously don't want to put Ace Austin in that role. Um, Man Man Fulton, they might be more willing to do, but they are not going to be using Ace Austin uh, frequently in squash roles. That I mean, he's only 23, and they want to keep him around for a while, so. God, I can't believe he's so young. I'm so jealous. <laughs> right? Do you remember being 23? I barely do. I hated 23. I feel like 23 was such a sad year for me. You know, like all the little like pop pop punk songs about like being 23. Like Blink 182 well, had sure. one. I and mean, like, what's my age again specifically? Yeah. I mean, nobody likes you when you're yeah. 23. Uh, but I am living proof that that is not true fun. because uh, I was 23 when I got married. So. Oh, well, yeah, that's nice. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it works out. <laughs> being 23. Uh, but it feels, it feels, I, I don't remember much else of being 23 other than, you know, that was the, the year of engagement and then leading up, of course, you know, the stress of, of being, you know, the wedding and all of that stuff. Uh, but obviously everything's great now. Everything's good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, you know, I, hey, you know, it'd be great. Uh, you know, you could even throw uh, Dustin Rhodes and Tommy Dreamer at each other if you want to do a, an old man match. Oh, I kind of want to see that. And then <laughs> uh, last one I'll throw out, uh, just in the interest of time, is Page versus Page. The Hangman Adam Page versus All Ego Ethan Page. Um, God damn, that's a good one. But if Ethan Page, of course, there's there's rumors about his contract expiring. Uh, we may naturally see Adam Page versus Ethan Page uh, as an AEW rostered match 
anyways. Uh, but for the purposes of this, he's still signed at Impact, so he's part of my fantasy booking. And I don't care what anyone has to say about that. <laughs> that would be a fantastic one. You know, um, we, we talked about this before recording. You know, there's the rumors that he's not signing with Impact. His contract expires at the end of this year, which there's only a few weeks left. We do see Josh Alexander. Apparently, his contract's not over or up until, like, nine months from now. So, maybe that's where we're seeing that kind of a, a little bit of a turmoil between the team, between the North. Who knows if they'll split? Who knows what's going to happen? That's going to be something interesting to keep an eye out for and uh, eventually seeing where Ethan Page ends up. If he maybe goes to the Big E, NXT, or, you know, AEW. Who knows? I think he'd be I, a great fit in AEW. Holy shit. He can go I anywhere. think he would He's be really good in AEW. I, I really would like to see him in AEW more than I would like to see him in, in WWE, NXT. And, and that's just strictly Agreed. because I, I think he he is someone that, uh, with control of his own creative, uh, would be someone so that far. you want to watch week after week after week. Uh, on AEW, and then you know he'd, he'd be a guy you'd see on Dark at, at minimum every week. I think the, at least to start. So, um, you know, free three hours of free wrestling on YouTube every Tuesday. Um, if you're, when you're not watching Impact, go watch AEW Dark. Uh, there's a lot of they're showcasing a lot of talent um, that is not even signed. Um, so definitely make sure you get you support uh, those guys on YouTube as well. Moving quickly now uh, to our, our kind of final portion of this week's episode of the 8-Bit Suplex, we are going to do a, a quick rundown here of the final resolution card. Um, it is about seven or eight matches, um, so it's a pretty pretty big card. We'll start here with what looks like is probably going to be your kickoff show uh, match which uh, will be Havoc and Nevea taking on the Sea Stars, who, of course, we talked about a couple weeks ago when they uh, debuted in the Knockouts Tag Team Tournament. I don't think they are signed to Impact, um, but nonetheless, they are back working again. I guess they made enough of an impression on Scott Damore and Don Callis to come back and work at least another match. And... uh, you know, obviously, it feels like it's a match that's going to be kind of fodder for Havoc and Nevaeh as they get ready for Jordan Grace and Jazz. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm going to go Havoc and Nevaeh here, but I'm interested to see what the Sea Stars bring again. I, I thought their first match in the Impact was very good, um, and I'd like to see them get another good match under their belts here. Agreed, 100%. Could you imagine the upset if they if they won though? I always want to see that, like. Something oh, you sure, think you sure. for sure know who's going to win because it's the contracted talent versus the non-contracted talent. And it's like, what if they just say, swerve? Like, that would be amazing because I love those girls. I think the C-Stars are, are so great. I really do hope they have a great match on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit taller task to have a better match here um, because they are working Havoc and Nevaeh, who can sometimes, you know, they, they need someone to carry them a couple, sometimes here and there. Um, but really... Yeah. Um, you know, should be a good match. This next match, it's it it is comedy match uh, through and through, and it's not good. This is not going to lead off the card, um, certainly. So I don't know what order they're going to be having these matches. Um, I'm just going from bottom to top uh, on on the Impact preview uh, site. 
Um, but we have Hernandez taking on Falaba. Perhaps this is the mm-hmm. culmination of the um, money, a lot of money. The lot of money, which we of course know <laughs> is held presently by Kiara Hogan and Tasha Steeles. So of course they are also involved in this match. We have special referee Kiara Hogan, and for some reason a special ring announcer in Tasha Steeles. <laughs> I don't know why this match is happening. I don't know why there's special referee and special ring announcer. I but I know How did I'm we get going. Here? I'd I'd pay. <laughs> hey, listen, this is this is you know months of talking about Hernandez's arm wrestling money. Yes, um, since we and, started this podcast. You know it, it's <laughs> it will be a sad day when that storyline ends. Maybe this is it. Which might I be Saturday. No, it's not going to be. I just, I just know it's not. It's just, it's just definitely, it's going to keep going Aww. because uh, I, I don't, I don't see how someone winning this match is going to end that because Hogan and Steel still have the money unless Hernandez figures it out. Maybe he chases them and Fallaball mm-hmm. wins with a count out. I think that's what I'm going to say. Fallaball wins because Hernandez chases Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. Although if Kira Hogan goes then i mean she can't do the counting i don't know it's gonna be messy dude I, that's all i know yeah how, like i said how do we get here i don't know what's happening <laughs> but we'll see hopefully it's it's uh nice and short um <laughs> compared to the rest of the card yeah I, d- I don't see this I think going I got more a th- on. yeah this is like three and a half four For minutes, like three minutes yeah yep exactly so, so yeah, I, next predicted is pretty good. Yeah, right. I mean it's got to be something something stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> without without a better you know word to use. Next we have <laughs> the defeat Rohit challenge. Of course, there's not a named opponent. We saw TJP say, "Hey man, good luck on your final defeat Rohit or final resolution defeat Rohit challenge." We know. It's anyone but DJP, or as Scott Demore says, anyone not named TJP. So that is why TJP is going to be in this defeat road heat challenge. I yeah. say, I say that not only does he come into the challenge, um, but I'm going to say he walks away as the X division champion. Rohit drops the belt tomorrow. Or today, if you're listening to this on Saturday, that is my bold prediction, Sandy. Boo, my man. I, I know what you're gonna my say. Man. I already knew what you were gonna say. It doesn't matter yeah. who who yeah. faces him. You think Rohit's gonna hook and crook his way out of it? <laughs> he he better, or I'm gonna be pissed. We're go- you're gonna hear the next recording next week, you guys, and I'm going to be pissed <laughs> the entire time if my man Rohit Raju does not retain. He has been the most entertaining thing in this show for me and my favorite wrestler right now on Impact. And, man, it's for the guard. TJP, I want to take it to make you fix <laughs> well, that, Josh. Listen, uh, you know, the, the positive <laughs> thing is, is that TJP uh, doesn't think he can get very far uh, because, you know, the earth is flat or something. I don't know. Um, <sighs> not to bring that up. Um Anyways, Josh, not upset. Yeah, I know. He really, know. he's one of those. I think he's dabbled. Uh, there's uh, a couple of, there's a few, there's, uh, there's a few professional wrestlers uh, 
that despite uh, quite Gordon. literally working around the globe, uh, our flat earth conspiracy guys. Um, but uh, this, this, we got to wrap this up. So we're not going to get into that now. <laughs> <laughs> I will but, go on a tangent right now. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll save that for the science podcast. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> moving right along. Uh, we have Eric Young accompanied to the ring uh, by Joe Doring taking on Rhino. Uh, it feels too easy to say this, but Eric Young is taking the win here. I say Rhino gets one over. Okay. Do you think he wins straight, or do you think he wins by DQ? Because it could be Joe Doring uh, deciding to just tee off on him. Yeah, by DQ. By DQ. That's probably a safe pick. I, I might have actually talked myself into that. Um, but I'm going <laughs> to, for the purposes of, you know, our official win-loss record on picks, which I'm sure everyone at home is keeping tallies of because I know for shit we are not, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Eric Young gets the win. I'm just going to stick with it. Pile, he's going to give Rhino a pile driver, which is scary to think about a man of Rhino's size being oh, no. uh, giving a pile driver. Um, but he's going to do it. It's just the way it goes. That's the business, brother. Um, next up, we have... Because, of course, uh, my best friend and yours, Tommy Dreamer, is in a match on a pay-per-view. It has to be old school rules. That apparently is the only way that Tommy Dreamer will appear on pay-per-view. <laughs> what is old school rules? It's a hardcore match. It's a no-DQ match. It's whatever you want to call it match. It's anything goes. And so Tommy Dreamer is, of course, taking on Larry D. If... Tommy Dreamer wins. Larry D goes downtown with Tommy Dreamer to get booked by the police for the attempted murder of Johnny Bravo. But if Larry D wins, he walks away a free man. What are you thinking here, Sandy? Oh my God. Well, if he, either way, we, we got to see what, because Larry D has been saying that, hey, he was set up. Maybe there's going to be some shenanigans where the person that set him up is going to come out and some, some shit's going to happen. I have no idea. I think, no, no, Larry D has to win, right? It's a tough one because you don't know where they want to yeah. take the story. You don't know if they want to wrap it. You don't know if they want to can keep pushing it through to hard to kill. Um, mm. I'm thinking they're going to keep the story going. And in my mind, the best way to keep the story going is if he gets taken downtown and he rats out whoever set him up. And that sets up whatever the match at Hard to Kill will be between Tommy Dreamer and whoever set up Larry D. That's my thought. So because of that, against better judgment, because you know there's, there's three things uh, guaranteed in this life, Sandy, and that's death taxes, Tommy Dreamer loses on pay-per-view. Um, I'm going to... <laughs> choose Tommy Dreamer to win on pay-per-view because I can't see the story going further any other way. Yeah. That's true. Exactly. So that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, Tommy Dreamer can't win a pay-per-view in 2020, but then it's like, okay, if he does, or if he doesn't, then the storyline's over. Who knows? We'll see. I really do think they're going to keep the, the story going because they're just saying, hey, I was set up. I was set up. I was set up. It wasn't me. And we haven't really heard anything else about that. He hasn't really kind of given us more hints as to who it could have been, why it could have been. So we shall see. I don't know. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But this one, I think, is the one we're all waiting for, which is, of course, the intergender tag match between Tennille Dashwood and Caleb <laughs> with a K versus Eddie and Alicia Edwards. Now, in a, in a, in a kayfabe world, there is no way that Eddie Edwards would lose in an intergender tag match when the other man is Caleb with a K. Mm-hmm. There is no fathomable reason why the Edwards should lose this match. Eddie Edwards has been at the top of the card. He was Impact Champion two months ago. Maybe three now. I cannot for the life of me see any reason. I want to stress this. No reason at all. For Tennille Dashwood and Caleb with a K to win this match. And that's why I'm going to say Tennille Dashwood and Caleb with a K win this match. <laughs> I just can't. There's, I just can't. It doesn't make any sense. Either The match doesn't make sense at all. And I hate picking it. But I, I'm just going to say Tennille Dashwood and Caleb <laughs> with a K win it. Uh, I'm going to say. You know what? Kay- I think so too. I, I just. I don't really understand. I, I think Sammy Callahan could get involved. Um. God, it could I be a distraction not. there. Oh. You know, you know it's coming. The lights are going to turn out. Next thing you know, I mean, I don't believe uh, we'll have the uh, tag in tag out rules uh, that you see in like WWE with intergender tag team matches. So there could be potentially, you know, Caleb fighting Alicia and Eddie fighting Tennille at times. Um, this is not. An, I don't believe they're doing an automatic tag rule. So uh, it could be something like Caleb pins Alicia, and that's how they. They weasel away with it. Who knows? Um, but I just, I just for the life of me, I, I don't know why, but I'm like you, I, I'm going to Neil Dashwood, Caleb with the K. Yeah, same here. I guess. I just this card for a show. <laughs> well, it's going to heat up here a little bit. Uh, we have the knockouts title match, the defending Diana Perrazzo, accompanied to the ring by Kimberly. Taking on the challenger, the demon assassin Rosemary, who is of course accompanied by her best friend, Taya Valkyrie. I think there's no way that Diana loses the title to Rosemary. Not a knock on Rosemary, just where we're at with Diana. It the Sue Young stuff. This is a, a stopgap challenge match. I think it would be a good match. Um, there could be some physicality between Taya and Kimber. Um, which is never a bad thing. Um, there could be some kind of weird shit with Sue Young happening, but I think ultimately that would happen after the match. Um, but I yeah. think Diana, I think Diana gets the win here. Hands down, hands down. And I don't even think it has to do anything with Kimber and Taya going at it or Sue Young coming in and doing some fuckery. I don't think any of that has to happen for Diana to put away Rosemary. Again, not like you said, not a knock, not a knock on Rosemary, but it's no. There's Diana. <laughs> yeah. So the next match is a singles match to give the opportunity for the to challenge for the Impact Tag Team Championship belts. It is the the Ethan Page being accompanied to the ring by Josh Alexander. Taking on one half of the tag team champions, Carl Anderson. Worth noting, he is not listed as being accompanied to the ring by Doc Gallows. 
So it looks like there may be potential for two-on-one here. Um, I don't know if they're really itching to run back the North versus uh, the Good Brothers. I think that might be the case, especially with the implications of Ethan Page's contract. Uh, I think Ethan Page gets the win, and then he gets one more tag team uh, title match, and then he loses on his way out is kind of you know, my prediction. Um, so I'm going to say Ethan Page wins this one, but then the Good Brothers win at, at the rematch. Yeah, I completely agree with that one. That would be a great a, a great thing to do, too. Maybe some kind of more uh, turmoil between Josh and Ethan. And then, like you mentioned, when they do finally do that one final tag team match against Good Brothers, so they will lose, of course, depending on Ethan Page's situation with his contract. Um, but it could just be a complete fallout and disintegration of the North, leaving Josh Alexander to be a new singles competitor, which is kind of exciting to think about, putting him in the in the singles uh, scene there. And he can easily get get up in the ranks. He's a great Oh, yeah, I could see him in the X Division uh, very quickly, mm-hmm. personally. Hands down. Um, so, yes, so, I got Ethan, too. Yeah, I and that leads us to our main event, the Impact World Title match, the defending Rich Swan taking on the Ultimate Finesser, Chris Bay. So this one should be a banger. This will be most likely a match of the night. Mm. It's obviously got the main event spot, so it's going to be um, going quite a bit. It's worth noting, and you'll notice as we were breaking down this card, there's been zero predictions about Kenny Omega being here because there shouldn't be, because he will be in Mexico uh, during this event. Um, so obviously he's he's very good, but he's not two places. He can't be in Nashville and in Mexico at the same time. Um, so he'll be defending against Laredo Kid probably about the same time that this match goes on. Um, this I, I feel well. I'll let you I'll let you go first. So I, you know, in case we have similar thoughts here, because I, I think we do. But I'll let you go first. I feel like this match is going to be a great showcase for Chris Bay. Don't like showing that he can be a top contender, that he can be a future champion, that he can work. Um, I think the title, of course, is going to stay on Rich Swan. I think this is going to be a great exhibition match for Chris Bay, and he's up there with a worker similar to his style. Um, and so they're both going to be able to showcase each other and push each other to the limits to show what they can really do and, what, and how they can really go. It's going to be an, a great match. It's going to be athletic. It's going to be fast-paced. It's going to hopefully tell, they'll be able to tell a story in the match of how how it can be broken down into just more than just athletic things. Um, but yeah, I do see Rich Juan ultimately taking the win here, clean. Yeah, it, it's one of those things too, because like you, like you mentioned earlier, we live in this world where we know what's going on in the world of wrestling. We have Twitter. We have all kinds of things. We know about the partnership that Impact has with New Japan around the Super J Cup. We know TJP is going over there. To me, it makes sense. Okay, if you want to throw your X Division champion over, that's why I was comfortable making that pick there. I don't think you send your world champion to the Super J Cup to lose to any of those guys in that tournament. And that's not a knock on those guys, but they should not be beating a world champion of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, with the exception, of course, yeah, I mean, listen, ACH, Leo Rush, those guys are great. But you do not they're not even signed to New Japan, right? So I don't send my world champion to lose to guys that are not signed by New Japan in a New Japan event 
And the guy that's the New Japan, I mean, I'm not letting ELP beat my guys either, right? I think mm-hmm. it's ELP that's in that in that tournament. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that the title stays with Rich Swan, Chris Bay, and TJP go and do the Super J Cup, um, and then we'll see, you know, what they because that's I think that's um, only happening on one night. I think they're doing all the Super J Cup in one night. Um, so they could potentially just go and come back and not miss any impact time. But I also, like I said, I don't see them putting their impact world champion on that unless he wins it. And I don't see New Japan giving a non-contracted guy the win there. It just doesn't make sense. It's just yeah. not, you know, it doesn't it make doesn't, sense. It doesn't, no. So for, for reasons outside of impact, I'm going to say Rich Swan keeps it. Um, I do, I think Rich Swan keeps it a really long time i don't really think so i think there'll be something you know for the next year we might see some more guys come through i don't think this is going to be like this one of these like year-long title runs eric young's getting heated back up joe doring's obviously there there's some other things so i think eventually maybe even at hard to kill we do see rich swan drop it uh potentially even to moose uh, we could see moose you know be the one that kind of takes over there it doesn't look like they're beating moose anytime soon um but yeah, I I just I can't see this coming off of Rich Swan right now. I just can't. Yeah, and even outside of the New Japan thing, for me, this was a a weak kind of build up for a championship match with Chris Bay. So I yeah, I, I don't I personally also don't think he's he has that that star power or that name um to be to be the head of the company right now. Um, so yeah. That's like gonna be a no. Yeah, no I mean, and me. that, again, not a knock on Chris Bay. He's one of the most talented guys no. on that roster. He'll get there. Um, I think we'll see him yeah, as an Impact yet. World Champion. Maybe even this time next year, we'll be talking about Chris Bay as the champion. But yeah, I think yeah. it's Rich Swan. Same. So Same that is our final resolution preview. That's our, you know, kind of fantasy booking fun stuff that we did with. You know, AEW Impact. It's our Impact Review of the Week. Um, you'll notice, second week in a row, and we do apologize for this, we don't have video game topics to talk about. Um, womp, womp, womp. It, it was in, because of anticipation of what happened with Dynamite and what or what potentially could have happened with Dynamite. Uh, so that's kind of what we were geared up to do, and then we kind of had to pivot because they didn't reveal any new information. So shame on us for counting right. on, on the wrestling business to stick to things. Um yeah, cards cards always subject to change, as we like to say in the business. Um, mm-hmm. But I I am here to say uh, that not next week because we will review uh, final resolution and next week's impact, and we'll probably have a smaller gaming topic to throw in there as well because I don't know that unless of course the world you know blows up again with Kenny Omega doing something on impact. Um, We'll plan to kind of have a normal episode. And then over the holidays, we are going to have a two-part mega video game episode. We're trying to get some guests uh, lined up to be a part of that. Um, but we, we've spent enough time away from gaming. We want to have gaming a part of the show. Uh, I mean, with the 8-Bit Suplex, we're crying out loud. Um, but Sandy, you want to go ahead and let the people know what we're going to be uh, talking about on that mega episode? We are finally going to cover Pokemon red, blue, and yellow. And that's just <laughs> part one. So it is going to be 
a two-part episode. There's a absolute shit ton to talk about when it comes to Pokemon. Um, I mean, obviously, you can't just talk about the games. You have to talk about cultural impact. You have to talk about, um, you know, the fact that uh, it's spanning generations now. My children watch Pokemon. My children play Pokemon. My children have stuffed Pokemon dolls uh, and, and plushies, the same that I did, right? So, well, I'm different now because there's far more Pokemon than when we were kids, Sandy. Um, and that we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk the numbers <laughs> as well as far as that goes. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, at some point too, I'm sure, you know, what we want to see out of Pokemon as we kind of continue to grow and, and push into the future. Um, so definitely, definitely want to make sure you guys tune in for that. Uh, we are going to record those hopefully uh, ahead of time. So that we can enjoy the holidays, so that you can enjoy the holidays, so you're not waiting around uh, for us to put out another episode. And of course, if something does happen uh, with Kenny Omega or with Impact that's huge over the holidays, uh, we'll make sure to pop in and, and give a quick update uh, attached to those episodes. But uh, really, really exciting uh, to do Pokemon. Also, very nerve wracking because it is, you know, you don't want to miss, you don't want to mess up on Pokemon. I mean, that's kind of like. You know, uh, I I don't know that there's been a bigger gaming franchise that has started in the last 20 years, 25 years, um, than that. Obviously, you know, there's bigger franchises, but not in the last 25 years. Um, so we'll 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 tackle it head on. Um, but yeah, I I think that about covers kind of you know where we've been with the video game stuff. We know it's a we're we are a half gaming podcast. We're gonna get back to gaming. We're compiling our list of gaming topics that we want to get to to start the next year. And we're sorry for missing gaming. So here comes a, a giant two-part Pokemon episode. So Merry Christmas, <laughs> Happy Holidays, uh, you know, to all that. You know, that's that's your uh, our uh, Santa, Santa Josh and uh, uh, Santa Sandy are, are coming through uh, on that one. Um, I do want to point out, uh, as as I am a, a huge Final Fantasy fan, um, that Super Smash Brothers did announce yesterday at the Video Game Awards that they were going to have a new fighter release in their Fighter Pack 2, and it was revealed that it was, of course, the one-winged angel himself, Sephiroth, um, which, if you are, of course, a fan of King Omega's, you know that the name of his finisher, one-winged angel, comes from his love of that character as well, um, so... Definitely excited to play as Sephiroth in Super Smash Brothers, but also it's kind of one of those kind of silly things where it's like, could Mario actually beat Sephiroth in a fight? Could Princess Peach? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so you have to, we'll have to see kind of how they uh, they integrate that character there, and and you know, don't uh, don't op him uh, <laughs> too much. Ah. <laughs> uh. We shall see. I gotta, I gotta download. I gotta fire that baby up. I haven't played in a little while. I haven't played in a little while either, because there really hasn't been a, a character come out that I really want. Like it's brought me back to pick up the sticks. Um, but Sephiroth is 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 that for me because uh, my childhood oh, yeah. was spent playing Final Fantasy VII multiple times. Uh, oh. You know, it, it just it was it resonated with me. My game of the year is probably Final Fantasy VII remake. I don't know that we'll have a chance to talk about like a full like game of the year kind of thing, um, but I'll just say that Final Fantasy VII Remake is the probably the best new game that I played this year. Nice. I was never a Final Fantasy person. I never never played any of them. I don't know how that happened, but 
I don't know either. But hey, listen, <laughs> I mean, RPGs aren't for everyone. Uh, they're just not. And so, I love I mean, RPGs, though. I don't know well, what happened. I mean, uh, maybe it's the style. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's the JRPG. Maybe, maybe it's the, you know, because obviously Western RPGs, uh, you know, very different. Um, they're mm-hmm. not turn-based typically like the older Final Fantasy games are. And, of course, Final Fantasy now, of course, is not even turn-based either. So, you know, we'll we'll definitely, uh, at some point, uh, we'll cover uh, Final Fantasy if <laughs> Sandy misses an episode. And I'll pull in a Final Fantasy expert uh, to talk about that with me. There you go. Um, but, you know, <laughs> and if, if I ever miss, uh, you know, Sandy, I'm sure, has a list of, of games that she can uh, break down as well. Um, you know, either, either she decides to go solo, you know, and make it the Sandy show. Uh, or if she brings in a guest, Ooh. you know, we'll see. Well, <laughs> we'll you got we'll yeah, I mean, you got a, a built-in guest uh, at any time you need one. So um, right. I'm sure that we are, you know, we're we're gonna get back to gaming, folks. It's gonna come. So don't worry. It's coming. It's, just, it's coming. It's, it was a big, big couple of weeks here in, in, in pro wrestling, um, but it is coming um, for sure. So with that. Make sure you check out all of the podcasts on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Um, Keeping it strong style, One Nation Radio, Ricky and Clive. Uh, you know, uh, the, the usuals. Go on to prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex. Pick up your social suplex shirts. Uh, now, I mean, if you want to get them in time for the holidays, great shirts to give it to the wrestling fan. In your life, Sandy, why don't you run us through uh, some plugs? You can follow me on Twitter at Sailor Zelda, and I am on Instagram at Sandy Gaviria. Still working on getting those together. Hmm, I gotta should do a contest to have people help me do a new thing for those. What are yours, Josh? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Laughlin underscore Josh. You can follow the 8-Bit Suplex uh, podcast, of course, at 8-Bit Suplex on Twitter and on TikTok. Um, oh. Definitely follow at Social Suplex on all your social media as <laughs> well. Check out the Wrestling Squared Circle on Facebook. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else to say. Um, but, uh, you know, I will, uh, you know, I'll quote the man of the hour. Because with every good feeling comes an end. And so I must bid you all adieu. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, goodbye. And good night. Bang. (laughs) Good night, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I think that was good. I nailed it. Nailed it it in one. Leave it in. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) See see you guys. (laughs) Bye.